Hey, this is Steve Campbell from the C3 Church. Thank you for joining us for this podcast. Our prayer for you is that you'll be blessed, equipped, and enabled as you listen to this message. God bless you. Well, hello, everybody. Good morning. Great to see you. If it is your first time here at C3, um, or maybe it is your hundredth time here at C3, you are very welcome. My name is Becky and I get the privilege to be able to chat today a little bit about what I believe God has put on my heart to share through this series. We are in a series called Up. Uh, Maybe you have not been a part of the series so far or maybe you have forgotten what is Up all about. Um, Well, the series of Up, we are looking at the Songs of Ascent. The Songs of Ascent are a collection of songs in Psalms, which is believed to have been sung as the Jews pilgrimaged up the hill to Jerusalem. Because Jerusalem was on a hill, it was a city on a hill. And as they went up to that city every year, they would have sung these Psalms to God. I don't know if you've ever climbed a hill or a mountain. Where I am right now, which is in Cambridge, there are very few, in fact, there are no hills. Now I can hear some of you saying, what about Castle Hill? Castle Hill is not a hill, my friends. The hill is just a part of the word, I am sure. Because if you have ever been somewhere where there are hills and mountains, you will know that it completely um, does not come anywhere near comparison to what a real hill looks like. When I was around 14 years old, I started something called Duke of Edinburgh. Now, I am from Cambridge and I have never really seen hills before. When I was 14, we got bundled into the minibus to go and do our bronze expedition. And up we went to the lofty heights of Yorkshire. And as we drove into that mountainous area, I remember thinking, they're joking, right? They gotta be joking. They think that we're gonna climb those hills over these next few days. And they weren't joking. We did climb those hills. But as we were climbing those hills and as we were walking up those hills and I was getting blisters on my feet and I was thinking, take me back down to flat Cambridge where we cycle around on our town bikes, we started to sing songs. Now I can't say they were songs like the songs of ascent that were holy and pleasing to God, but they were songs that we made up as we were walking along. And I know I'm sure you are wondering what were these lyrical genius words that we came up with? Well, I am going to sing a little bit to you right now. Let me take a swig of my water. This is what we sung. Are you ready? It went like this. We're on D of E. And then everyone would sing back. We're on D of E. And then it would go. And Louisa needs a wee. And then everyone else would sing. And Louisa needs a wee, say wayo, 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 wayo. And that is how it went. And we added verses and any time someone needed to go to the bathroom and we were in the middle of fields, we would start to sing this song. Because singing lifts the spirits and it lifts something, it changes atmospheres for those you're around. So sometimes when you're climbing up the steep hill or when you're down in the valley or when you're trying to climb the mountain, we just need to start to sing to find our joy. And we heard Josh talk last week about Psalm 126, all about joy. 
For part of my time the last few years, a couple of years ago, I spent a year in Australia. Now, Australia has some serious mountains, not like Yorkshire, even bigger than that. And one day, me and my sister decided to go and check out the Blue Mountains, which was about an hour out of Sydney. And we were there, and it was beautiful. It was the surroundings. In fact, I have a photo to show you right now of what that looked like. It was stunning. And as we were there, my sister and I, we were looking around at these mountains, and there was no one else around. We were part way down and there was just lots of hills and trees and you could see mountains in the background. And my sister started to sing, over the mountains and the sea. Over the mountains and the sea, your river runs with love for me. You know it. We're not going to sing it now, don't worry. But we were there singing praises because there's something about nature that makes you want to sing up songs of praise to God. Hey, let's pray and then let's get into this scripture. Father God, I thank you for this day. I thank you for every single person who is hearing these words, that today we get to listen to what you have to say to us, that we get to glorify your name. We pray that every word that is spoken falls on soft hearts and we leave this place better than what we came. All for your glory, all for your name. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Psalm 127. What does it say? This is what it says. Unless the Lord builds the house, the builders build labour in vain. Unless the Lord watches over the city, the guards stand watch in vain. In vain you rise early and stay up late, toiling for food to eat, for he grants sleep to those he loves. Children are a heritage from the Lord, offspring a reward from him. Like arrows in the hands of a warrior are children born in one's youth. Blessed is the man whose quiver is full of them. They will be not be put to shame when they contend with their opponents in court. See, this scripture addresses us as humanity in its entirety. This is a super, super deep scripture. It literally covers it all. See, God knows what we need. You and I, as humans, there are a few things that we need to be able to survive, to be able to exist. And it's commonly accepted and believed that it is these five things. Number one, shelter, unless the Lord builds the house. Number two, safety unless the Lord watches over the city. Number three, food and water, toiling for food to eat. Number four, sleep, for he grants sleep to those he loves. And number five, love. Children are a heritage from the Lord. We need it. We need those things as a baseline. But without God, it exists but that's all it does, is it exists. And over the years that I have been alive, and I'm sure you can um, relate to this, there are a couple of proportions, couple of things in my life that I've spent the majority of my time on. Number one, family. And number two, work. Most of my life, most days in my life, I have spent either working or studying in school 
or I have spent it at home with my family growing up as a child and now spending time in, in family times with my parents, with my nephew, with my brother, sister, um, brother-in-law and sister-in-law and grandparents and extended family. Most of my life has been spent those two things. And I'm sure it is the same for a lot of you guys too. See, this scripture can also be split into those two sections. Section one, work. Section two, family. Let's look at the definition of work real fast. The definition being actively involving mental or physical effort done in order to achieve a purpose. So when I mention work, I'm not only talking about paid work, but about everything we do towards a purpose. And that could be school, it could be studying at university, it could be housework, gardening, serving, volunteering, your family, cleaning your car, plus your paid work and your job. So let's read those two verses of that scripture again. Unless the Lord builds the house, the builders labor in vain. And unless the Lord watches over the city, the guards stand watch in vain. In vain you rise early and you stay up late, toiling for food to eat, for he grants sleep to those he loves. What does in vain mean? It simply means without success, without result. So the builders, unless the Lord builds the house, the builders labor without success. Unless the Lord watches over the city, the guards stand and watch with no result, with no success. See, this scripture, I think, can be read in two extremes. On the one hand, we have the work, work, work crew. The grinders, the brute force, the waking every hour, the doing the work. If not me, then who's going to do it? And I'm not going to sleep until it's done. I'm going to work, I'm going to work, I'm going to work. Because work equals success and being busy equals being important, a.k.a. workaholic. See, working hard is not a bad thing, but unless... The Lord builds the house, they build in vain. Have you ever heard about the Tower of Babel? You can read about it in Genesis 11 verses 1 to 9. These guys essentially wanted to build a tower up to heaven. They had the bricks, they had the mortar, they had the strength, they had the resource. They had everything they needed to be able to succeed, or so they thought. But guess what? They labored in vain because it was without God. It was without him. It was laboring. They were working towards a purpose, but they missed working for a purpose with God. What happened? God scattered across the world. They labored in vain. What are some signs that we might be laboring in vain in our modern day context? Well, let me ask you this. How does your day start? See, in the height of COVID, I'm part of the impact team doing all things uh, in the community, making sure people have what they need and making sure people feel loved and accepted in our society. See, in the height of, in, in the height of COVID, impact was creating hampers. We were creating food for people who couldn't access it or didn't have money because they lost work and those kind of things. And what we were banking on is that God was going to show up every day. 
We didn't have the resource we have right now. We didn't have a warehouse with fridges and freezers stacked with food. We were ringing up places asking if we could have little fridges and freezers that they weren't using. We were borrowing space in restaurants. We were getting food through from different places. But we were banking on the fact and we were praying, God, if you don't show up today, we have nothing. If you don't come through today, we have nothing. I remember one day in particular, we were like, we just need some tomatoes because tomatoes in the height of a pandemic are very versatile. You can make soup, you can make sauce, you can make salad, you can make sandwiches, you can make all sorts with tomatoes and you can make chutney. And we were like, we just need some tomatoes. That is what we are missing. That will just help. And no longer had we said the words out of our mouth, someone walked through with a trolley filled with tomatoes. See, our faith was banking on God. It was a relying on God. We could not have done anything without him. It was not about us. It was all about him. See, when you have a difficulty at work, when there's a trial, when there's a, a complex situation, when there's conflict, where do you turn? What do you do? Who is your first point of call? Because God would like to labor with us in our work to make sure that it is not in vain. And we ask God in those situations to be with us in those circumstances. We're not building in vain, but we're building with God. What about your house, your home? Is there a particular way of having it? Are you someone who has to vacuum and hoover and before you sleep, it all has to be pristine and washed? What about your garden? What about your car? Are there things that you do that mean you have to do it? You have to put the effort in. You have to make sure the work is done before you can lay your head to sleep. What about serving? Are you a serverholic? Can you sit in a service and receive without having a task to do? Or are you a do, do, doer? Are you working for God or are you working with God? Because I can tell you, God wants us to work with him, not for him. How do we address, readjust these things? Well, let's flip it. Bring it all into God. If there's an area that the Holy Spirit is highlighting where you maybe are working too much and too hard out of your own efforts and you're not bringing God in it, acknowledge it and then start to pray about it. God, I'm working in vain in this situation. I'm laboring over my work. I'm laboring over my finances and it's coming up to nothing. I have no result. I have no success. I want to give it to you, God, and I want you to be involved in building with me. See, the second extreme, we can have the, oh, just chill out, man, attitude. Why are you working so hard anyway? Didn't Jesus already do it? What's the point? I say la vie, whatever will be, will be. I'm just gonna scrape by, I'm gonna do the bare minimum, whatever I can do to just live, I've just got what I need, I'm existing, I want a quiet life. I just get by, it's not my responsibility, that's not my job, doesn't matter to me. Or I'm getting out of the rat race, or pull up a chair, take a nap. This is Paul's response to the chill out man crew. 2 Thessalonians 3, 11 to 12. We hear that some among you are idle and disruptive. They are not busy, 
They are busy bodies. Such people we command and urge in the Lord Jesus Christ to settle down and earn the food they eat. Signs that you might be too much on that chill outside of the spectrum. Well, what does your day or your week look like? What proportions are there between work and study and family time and job and housework? And then you've got things like Netflix and Xbox and Amazon Prime or sleeping. How much of that divide is one way or another? Or let me ask you this. Is your house a mess? Do you need to do some work and vacuum the house or clean your car? Or are you even involved in working for the purposes of God? Are you serving? Are you giving of your gifts and your talents that God has given you? Are you putting your hand with his to build the church? And how do you adjust that? Well, again, pray about it. Maybe start by small doing something, put in a routine. Say, no, I'm not going to watch that or I'm not going to do this, but instead I'm going to choose to do a little bit of work, do a little bit of extra study. Um, maybe you're going to massage your brain and learn something new. Or maybe you're going to take up a new skill. Or maybe you want to join a team on Team C3. Or maybe you want to volunteer at a local charity near you. Or maybe you want to vacuum your bedroom. Whatever it might be, a little bit of work to start moving those two spectrums a little bit closer. Because God wants to do it with you. Psalm 127 is none of these extremes. It's not glorifying the work and it's not glorifying the rest or the chill or the sleep. We get to work with God. He could do it alone. He could do it without us, but he chooses to be active with us. See, work is good. Why do I know this? Because God works. Right at the start, the first thing we learn about God in Genesis, he created in the beginning, he created. He did. It doesn't say uh, from the start, the magnitude of God, the all-powerful God, the beautiful God. It doesn't go on in the first sentence to explain all about how great he is, that he is. No, it says he did. He created. He worked. And he still works today. Unless the Lord. This psalm is exemplifying the Lord's sovereignty. Sovereignty meaning power, meaning ultimate power, the highest level of, of authority. See, without God, there is no purpose. And we read at the start, the meaning of work is doing something towards purpose. Without God, it's in, lay, in vain, it's laboured. See, the rest of the story from when I was in Australia when my sister was singing over the mountains and the sea and she's got a beautiful voice and as we were looking out over those beautiful, beautiful scenes there, what we didn't know is there were three women who were walking up the steps uh, near us. We couldn't see them at the time. And they came up and they said, were you singing over the mountains and the sea? And we were like, oh, yeah, that was us. Yeah, we were. And we got chatting and it turns out they were Christians and one of the ladies was actually from England, from Kent. Her name was Hannah and we got 
chatting and I had just moved over there and we were having a conversation. I said, I don't really know anyone out here. Um, I just came out here to be with my sister. I don't really have any friends. I'm not really doing much. And she said, well, here's my number. And we exchanged numbers and we had conversation. Um, and actually nothing came from that. I never hung out with her again. I never saw her again. We had a few text conversations. But do you know what I learned in that moment? I think that might have been all I needed for God to go, Becky, remember I'm sovereign. Remember I am all powerful. Remember that I am here with you in Australia in the same way I was with you in England, that I am over it all. See, once we understand this, once we understand that without God, there is no purpose. Without matching God with our work, we are not drawing and going towards the one purpose. That changes everything when we see it that way. See, once we understand that it's about God's sovereignty, it's about him being in it all. It's about him caring about it all. It's about him wanting to be involved in it all. The fact that he shares it with us. He wants to be in it with us. It's not in our own effort, but it's with God. Once we grasp that, once we know that, once we understand that, then we can understand the second part of the passage. See, on the face of it, it doesn't look that connected. But this is what it says, reading from verse 3 to 5. Children are a heritage from the Lord, offspring a reward from him. Like arrows in the hands of a warrior are children born in one's youth. Blessed is the man whose quiver is full of them. They will not be put to shame when they contend with their opponents in court. See, it all makes sense when we understand the unless. Unless the Lord, it makes sense. Why? Because unless the Lord creates life, man can't reproduce. See, man and woman can do what they can do, but without the miracle of God, it is in vain. See, unless the Lord blesses with children, they won't exist. See, I don't have any children. And sometimes people who don't have children uh, could read that scripture through a different lens. I know sometimes I read through my lens of having no children and I can blank out at that time. So sometimes what I could read or what we could read is if you don't have children, you're not blessed. And that is not what the scripture is saying. Let's take it for what it is saying. If you have children, the all-powerful God has blessed you with these. See, in those days, many children would have been a blessing. A quiver would have been around seven, and that's quite unusual in today's society. But there would have been a blessing for many reasons. And some of those reasons that we read in the first part of that scripture those children would have been answers to some of those things. They would have been part of the work. They would have been part of the watching. They would have been part of the safety to make sure that they are staying safe as a city and as a family. See, today it's not quite the same, but blessing are still, uh, children are still a blessing. That is no different. But let me just real quick make this connection um, with you just as I come in to close. See, who else didn't have children of his own? Jesus. Matthew 12, 46, verse 50, 46 to 50. While Jesus was still talking to the crowd, his mothers and brothers stood outside wanting to speak to him. Someone told him, your mother and brothers are standing outside wanting to speak to you. 
He replied to them, who is my mother and who are my brothers? Pointing to his disciples, he said, here are my mother and my brothers. For whoever does the will of my father in heaven is my brother and sister and mother. See, he made us family. See, people is the centre of the Christian work. People are in every sphere of our work. Wherever we are, whatever we do, people are there. And people is the key purpose of in which we work towards. See, the title of this message, which I have yet to share with you, is simply this, unless... Unless the Lord is in it, we build in vain. And we can put anything there. Unless the Lord cleans, we clean in vain. Unless the Lord does my nine to five job, we do my nine to five job in vain. Unless the Lord brings up my kids, I bring them up in vain. Unless the Lord is involved in my human needs, it is in vain. See, remember when we looked at right at the start, Without those core basic things, we just exist. With those core basic things, as those five things, we just exist. But when we bring God into the picture of those five things, it becomes working towards a purpose. See, shelter, we can say, thank you, Lord, for this house that you have provided. For the housemates or the family that I live with to be involved in my everyday Safety, thank you, Lord, for my safety. I ask you to protect me and my family to be with us. You drive the car that I drive. I don't drive in vain. I don't cycle my bike in vain, but I do it with you as my protector. Food, thank you for the food that is in front of me that you have provided, that you have blessed for me. Be involved in my daily bread. Sleep, Thank you for the blessing that sleep is. Let us sleep in perfect peace with restoration to our bodies without fear of tomorrow. Love, thank you for the people in my world. Let the purpose and the work of my hands be to love them as you have loved us. So you can have title after title. PhD, masters, sir, madam, dame, even queen. But unless the Lord... You can have the most beautiful home. It can be pristine. Your garden can be immaculate. Your house can be beautiful. But unless the Lord, you can work all the hours of every day. You can be a millionaire and have all the money in the world. But unless the Lord, you can be the most social person and have all the friends that you could ever want and be as popular as you want. But unless the Lord, you can have the best grades. I know this week we've been getting some of the uh, A-level students have been getting their grades back in GCSEs. You can have the very best grades, straight A's or straight nines, whatever it is nowadays. But unless the Lord. See, I wonder as they were walking on that pilgrimage and they were climbing up those hills, maybe a competition broke out. How heavy is your bag? How many times have you done this pilgrimage? How many neighbours did you bring with you? How many children do you have? Or maybe it was grumblings. How much longer have we got to go? I don't have the strength to keep work walking. Are we there yet? Or maybe, because they were human too, maybe they needed a wee, like on D of E. And amongst the grumblings, the competitions, the workaholics and the chill out crew, Maybe someone starts to sing, 
Unless the Lord builds the house, the builders labor in vain. Unless the Lord watches over the city, the guards stand watch in vain. Because unless the Lord is involved, then there is no purpose for our work. So let's dig deep into the purpose of what God has for us. It's people and it's with God so we can be successful in a result for him. Thank you for listening to this podcast. We pray it's been a blessing to you. Why not share it with your friends and family through social media? If you're not on the regular podcast list, then why don't you subscribe? Thank you especially to those that give. If you want to give to this ministry, you can go to our website, thec3.uk slash giving and get involved. God bless you.